Here's your host, Heather Bayer. Well, hello again and welcome to Vacation Rental Success, episode number 31. And we've just kicked off into um, our high season up here in Ontario. Uh, We've just passed... Uh, yesterday was Canada Day, which, of course, three days before um, Independence Day. So I guess up here in North America, we're all having a long weekend of sorts. Happy holidays to everybody. Canada's birthday was a lot of fun. And uh, and I'm sure America is having going to have an, a wonderful day. Um, on the fourth, so here's hoping we uh, we all have guests in our properties that are enjoying themselves, and and that the weather is good for everybody. So we are just launching into the next nine weeks of of high season, and we're probably going to go through ups and downs as we do every year. And I don't know if I've mentioned before that uh, in our agency a couple of years ago, in fact, it was at the um, Vacation Rental Managers Association conference in San Antonio a few years ago, I was talking to the owner of another Ontario agency. And we were talking about the whole issue about uh, complaints and problems, issues that arise during the season. And, And the fact that, you know, if you're running a small company like we are and like he was, where we've got 200, 250 properties or so, and there's only a few staff because we are up here, we're just doing rental management. We don't do the property management. The owners, our owners do that themselves or they hire their own independent caretakers, maintenance, cleaning staff, etc. So we don't have a handle on that. So if somebody arrives at a property, say, and it's not ready for them, if the cleaning hasn't been done, we have to step in because we we negotiated the uh, rental agreement. You know, we advertise a property. We said it's going to be in this condition. And if somebody arrives and finds that it is not in a rental-ready condition, then they're going to complain to us. And, of course, we have an agreement with our owners that they are responsible for presenting the property to the standard that we expect. So, you know, occasionally things happen. Something will break down it could be the caretaker's car and and they haven't been able to get there to do the changeover so that the, the guests arrive and they're arriving to, to a property that's not as they expected. Now, cutting a long story short, this conversation I had with the other agency owner and we were talking about this and he said, I said, how do you manage when on a Saturday when you've got 160, 170 families go into properties and there's a few of you on call it's always difficult. I mean, you might only get a handful of calls, but it's pretty likely that one or two of them are going to be are going to require some sensitive handling. And he said that um, they hired every year a law student to be their guest services manager, and this person just that all they did was deal with the issues that arose from a guest stay. So they were on call on Saturdays and Sundays, which is when the uh, when most of the issues arise when people go into properties. Uh, and then Mondays and Tuesdays when people have got home from a vacation and uh, might be calling because they were not happy with their stay or maybe they left something behind and they want it returned. So 
this person, the guest services manager, was the one that would deal with those issues. Works Friday to Tuesday night, has Wednesday and Thursday off. And I thought this was a fantastic idea. I would just love somebody to handle all these things. Because I'm actually not very comfortable with dealing with conflict, dealing with somebody who has problems. I take it far too um, personally, emotionally. I've rented them this place and I feel really bad for them if there is a problem. Whereas what we need is somebody who can be um, more neutral and just take, take down the facts, then do some exploratory work, some investigation, find out what has occurred and then deal with it. After this discussion, well, I came straight back when I came back to Canada, came back to the office and said, hey, guys, this is what we've got to do. We have got to hire somebody like this. And so we have for the last three years. We have had a guest services manager who deals with all those things. And uh, Jacob this year is uh, a law student from Toronto. I think he's going to be an amazing, amazing lawyer because he's worked for us for just just a month and a half now, really getting to grips with what we do. He's he's called every single one of our owners and introduced himself, told them what he does, how he handles their issues. And we have had a few over the past few weeks that he's handled amazingly well. So as we kick into high gear for the season, I'm really pleased to have um, have Jacob on board. One thing I hope our guests aren't going to complain about this year is is the beds at their properties, because we're, we're, we... Ask our owners to really pay attention to the beds and bedding because it's so important that that guests have a great night's sleep. So my guest today is going to talk to us about beds, bedding, amenities, anything to do with comfort for guests. Alana Schroeder is the owner of thedistinguishedguest.com and uh, and we're going to talk about what the distinguished guest does, what products she has on offer and um, she's going to go into a little bit more detail about things like thread count on sheets, what we should be looking at, what we should be buying and I've got a lot of questions for her and she gives a ton of information that's going to be so helpful for anybody who's either setting up their first vacation rental or just wants to go to the next level with the one they've got. Let's go over to the interview. Well, I'm delighted to have with me today Alana Schroeder, who is currently in San Francisco, it's where she lives. And Alana is going to talk to us about um, amenities, beds, all things bedding, all that wonderful stuff that makes our guests feel so wonderfully comfortable and welcomed when they uh, they head to bed when they hit your vacation rental. Alana, how are you today? Thank you so much for being with me. I'm great, Heather. Thank you so much for having me today. It's it's a real pleasure. I mean, we have corresponded backwards and forwards over the last uh, couple of months, and I am you're know, really pleased that I've I've been able to sample some of the products that you have. And, and I'm actually using them on my beds in my vacation rentals as I speak. So oh. <laughs> so it's really great to uh, to talk to you. And I want to explore a whole ton of stuff. Um, I've got lots of questions for you. 
Um, but first of all, I'd love to hear about um, your experience with uh, with the actual vacation rental industry. I know you've got uh, a couple of your own properties. So can you just kick off and tell us how you started with that? Sure, I'd love that. Yeah, so I purchased second home in Lake Tahoe, California, just about three hours away from the San Francisco Bay Area about five years ago. And for the first couple of years, we didn't vacation rent it out. Um, and then at uh, that time, I ended up leaving my job in real estate finance and decided that in order to keep our second home, we had to start um, vacation renting it out. So it was at that time that um, I put the listing site together and got it all set up for uh, vacation rentals. I've seen the Tahoe um, cabin on your VRBO listing. It looks absolutely gorgeous. And and what always gets me when I see these places and it says it says right there, I, th- I think it says right there in the in the title, it says pet friendly, but, which is so important to me and so important to a lot of people that are coming to vacation rentals because most of them are bringing pets these days. Yeah, definitely. And, you know, our place in Lake Tahoe, I mean, the San Francisco Bay Area in general is very pet friendly. Um, and that was just something that we wanted to extend to our guests. We have a dog. Uh, so, you know, we thought, okay, well, you know, we're going to have our dog up there. So uh, we're going to allow other people to also bring their pets, which for us has worked out really fine. Um, people in the Bay Area, like I said, bring their pets everywhere and generally find that, you know, people with pets at least for my place, have been more respectful in some cases than those who don't have pets. Well, I often find, and, you know, I've, I've got the two properties, that if, if I have one property that has kids in there and the other property that just has a couple with pets, I know which one I'm going to spend more time cleaning. And, it, <laughs> and it's not the one with the pets. So, yeah. you know, I know it's personal preference, but uh, uh, I'm I'm a, a pet owner myself. I mean, I've got my big black lab curled up at my feet at the moment and I, I will take her everywhere with me. But anyway, that's um, that's another topic when I really should do one, actually should do an episode on uh, on being pet friendly. But uh, is that the only property you've got? Yeah, so I have the place in Tahoe um, and then we also have a place in Kauai that we recently purchased um, in May of 2013. And um, that property is a three-bedroom, three-bathroom condo um, in the Princeville, Kauai area. And that's Hawaii, right? That's right. Yeah, for, for, for us up here in eastern Canada. Um, and, and perhaps some of, some of my listeners over in Europe may maybe not as familiar with Kauai as part of Hawaii. So <laughs> we get a lot of Canadians that come and stay at our place. So it's great. I mean, I get a lot of interest. You guys are probably trying to get away from those cold winters. Yeah, I think uh, part of me would love to move to British Columbia because it would only be three hours away. I think five yeah. uh, five hours away. But uh, yeah. but we went to Maui a few years ago and it was just, it, it was fabulous. But the 10 hours of, of traveling was uh, a little tedious for a short yeah. time. One day, one day I'm going to make it back there because it, it was just phenomenal. I loved it. Absolutely loved it. How much time do you get to spend there? You know, we really try and go there a couple weeks every year, but that's spread out. So we'll go there once in the spring and then once kind of at the end of summer. So we try and at least now while my kids are small, spend time there when it's not the peak season. Mm -hmm. But obviously that's going to change as my daughter starts 
out in kindergarten in the next 12 months or so. So yeah, I mean, I love it. It's just a great place for families and kids and um, just to have fun in the sun, really. Oh, I, I, I had a look at it on the listing. It looks fantastic. And I loved all the references to hiking. And it's just, whoa, how, how wonderful to be able to tie in all those things, you know, the beach, beach and the hiking and, and just actually being in, in Hawaii as well. Uh, yeah, there's just so many wonderful things to do there, especially if you're outdoorsy. I mean, there's just kayaking, stand-up paddle boarding, anything you, you know, surfing want to do that has to do with the ocean. And then the hiking there is just really probably one of the most incredible hiking spaces in the world. Sounds fantastic. So what, what happened to get you into the business of uh, what you're doing now with The Distinguished Guest, which is the name of your company? So I decided that when I was going to turn my Tahoe home into a vacation rental, you know, I have a commercial real estate background. So, you know, I had a little extra time on my hands at that time. So as I got to thinking and working on my listing and, you know, went up to my my cabin and was getting it ready and set up, you know, had an owner's closet put in so I could put all of my personal stuff away in there and kind of keep winter clothing in there and everything. Donna me, you know, I'm like, I, I'm going to I'm going to now style my vacation rental like a hotel. And to me, that was, you know, keep all the existing furniture that I have because that was all great. But really what that meant to me was I'm going to have the white linens like a hotel because in my mind, I love staying at hotels. And if I could afford to stay at the hotels I want to stay at, I probably, you know, would do that. But I have a family and it's not realistic for us to stay in one small 200 square foot room. So we always rent vacation rentals, but um, as I am always looking for vacation rentals, for me, one of the most important things in deciding on a vacation rental is just the decor. I am so affected by my surroundings. I always have been, and I always will be, that that was something that was always really important to me. So as I was setting my home up, I wanted to make sure that I was appealing to people who thought like me who, you know, maybe wanted to stay in hotels, but didn't necessarily have the money to stay in the really nice hotels that they wanted to stay in, but they still wanted that experience. And I thought to myself, well, you know, I I always try and make sure I know where I am in line with my competition. And, you know, Tahoe has, you know, a lot of older cabins. And, you know, I think people buy these vacation rentals and they don't necessarily put a lot of time and effort into them to they just kind of say, okay, well, it's a rental. It's going to get trashed anyway. So I'm just going to kind of leave everything here. But I find the opposite. I think if, and granted, I don't spend a lot of money on my furnishings and things like that. I'm a girl who has a deal. So I'm always, you know, looking for a good quality product at a fair price. But I feel like the way I have my place set up, people kind of go in there and they respect it. And I also find that I have a lot of repeat customers a lot of repeat guests that come back, back, back. I mean, sometimes, you know, people are on their third and fourth trip up to my place. And I think that, you know, they start considering it their place. So they start taking really good care of it. And um, so, you know, I like to give, and plus I I like to make people happy, right? So I want to make sure that they get a nice, comfortable, clean sleeping environment. And then for me, I love leaving the little amenities because, they, a lot of people at my place in Tahoe, they drive up on a Friday, they leave the city, San Francisco at seven, and they get to Tahoe at 10. 
oh shoot, they forgot, you know, body wash and they wanted to take a shower with shampoo and conditioner, you know, and they have that there. Um, so I always like to leave an amenity kit there available. And then I also, you know, leave a little rubber ducky because I get a lot of kids who come and stay at my place, right? And kids just love to have fun in the tub with a little bit of, you know, toys. So I always leave something like that. So really, that's how I got started with the distinguished guest. It's it's a great story. And you've you've covered a couple of points that that are really dear to my heart. And I'm going to go through um <clears throat> through through each one of them because as you're talking I'm nodding here I'm going yes 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 this is this is you know it's it's like it's coming out of my mouth um and the first thing is you you mentioned in in the area that there's a lot of places where you know I I know there's a lot of rentals up in the Tahoe area uh I didn't realize that there w- would have been some cabins still there where people are considering that well it's just a rental and it's likely to get trashed so we'll we'll um We'll we'll put the the yard sale stuff in there and perhaps the the the, the leftovers from home. So because that's what we have here in Ontario, and this is what I deal with all the time. I go and see properties, and you know they've got the grungiest sheets imaginable because it's just the ones that they won't use on their own beds at home. So they just find their way to the to the the rental the cottage um, as as their final resting place, I guess. And and that's that's always really disturbed me. But what what it what it does do, I think, thinking it is it sets one set of owners apart from another. And and as I've been saying for for a lot of years now, that this distinction um, between the ones that are doing it right is is growing bigger. And and I think that the others will eventually shrivel up and die in the end. Or or they'll, they'll just be the niche for the people who are going to trash the place. Yeah, I couldn't agree with you more. And the unfortunate side of that is that, you know, if these people just went out and spent $200 on new linens for, you know, a bedroom, they'd, and, and you know, spend a little time and effort, you know, getting their place up to speed and getting rid of the 20 sets of sheets that really probably belong at the SPCA, you know, with the dogs, that they probably would be able to increase their rental rate and they would have higher occupancy. Because really, I feel like that is the difference between my property and my competition. My private property manager up there, and he is constantly telling me that out of all of his properties, I think he manages 45 properties, um, there's one property that he manages in mine that are the ones that are always leased up. And they're always leased up on the shoulder season. And he's always totally amazed that my place does so well. And, you know, I mean, I think he understands why and understands the difference. But I mean, I think that that's just proof. So not only am I able to get a higher occupancy rate, but I'm also getting um, higher rents as well. And, you know, when people sometimes call me to negotiate, you know, sometimes I will if it's less than 30 days out. But, you know, I also try and tell people that what you're getting for um, the price you're paying is very different than you know, maybe the place next door, you know, there's a, just a standard quality that I require of the the linens that I have, the cleanliness that takes place at my, my unit, the professionalism that you're going to get. And for a $20 differential, you know, sometimes I'm not willing to, you know, give a discount in some cases. And I explain why, 
And it seems to be a formula that has worked out okay for me. And I have been able to be fortunate enough to benefit from that. Yeah. And the other two things you said, one of the, that the both um, struck a chord with me, one of them was that the way you're leaving your property instills more respect in your guests. They, they, they respect the property more because they arrive and it looks pristine and the beds look fantastic. So they do tend to respect it more. Yep, I think that's absolutely right. And I can't tell you how many times, you know, somebody gets up there and I get just the kindest email that comes through at nine or 10 o'clock at night. Oh, I love your place. It's so well decorated and it's so comfortable. Thank you so much. And, you know, it just feels really good to get unsolicited feedback like that. And it makes you want to continue to keep it up. Oh, uh, you know, absolutely. And and it, it, it just blows me away sometimes that I that some people don't get this. They, they don't get it that if, as you say, if they spend a couple of hundred dollars more, they can raise their rental rate and they're going to get the respect for the property. And not only that, and that's the third thing you said was that you get the repeat guests as well. So uh, I, oh, you know, I love talking to you because, as, as I said, you're saying exactly what um, what I would say. So I want to talk to you about the beds because I've bought, you know, I've bought linens, as I said, from the distinguished guest, and I absolutely love them. Now, over the years, with seven properties I've been renting for the past 12 years, I'm down to two now, but I have, and we get a high occupancy rate. So I don't like to think about the amount of sheet sets I've bought over those over those 10, 12 years. And I know I went through a phase of, seemed to go through sheets every month or so. It's just like, well, these have pilled. You know, I'm getting all these little bobbles on them. They've got to go out. I got very frustrated with going to Bed Bath & Beyond or Home Outfitters or even Costco and, and buying what looked like fantastic sheets because they said they're five, 600 thread count and finding that they lasted half a dozen washes and then that was it. So I've never been quite sure what this thread count thing is all about and and whether it's worth going for the highest possible or what does Egyptian cotton mean. I don't know. I'm turning it over to you because you're a sort of expert and going to get all that explained to me. Okay. Yeah. I'd be happy to do that. Um, I just kind of jotted down a list of items and I'm really trying to keep it simple because as you mentioned, there's so much, it's, it's almost overwhelming going out there and shopping for sheets. So I really tried to just kind of put a list of items together to really kind of simplify what I think vacation rental owners should be looking for when they're purchasing sheets. So the first thing I always say is really consider your budget. Um, and like you said, you know, after one wash, sometimes you're replacing them, things happen, the sheets get stained. So really, when I'm purchasing sheets for my vacation rental, and I guess this kind of all came about with the distinguished guest as well, is, you know, what am I looking for? Um, and what in what price range, right? So to me, I almost wanted to find a sheet that was very easily replaceable if I needed to, if I got a stain or, you know, there was a tear in it or any issues. I also wanted high quality and, um, um, you know, a good price point. I, I also really wanted something because they do the laundry at my house, something that was less prone to wrinkling because, you know, as you know, 100% cotton sheets sometimes just come out of the dryer and they're a mess. So for me, it's the number one thing I consider is budget. 
Um, and that really should be based off of kind of your rental rate every night. You know, I mean, what you'd be willing to spend. Thread count is calculated by a one square inch of fabric. And it's the vertical threads and the horizontal threads. And however many threads can fit in one square inch is the thread count. So really, at the end of the day, there's only a certain amount of threads that can fit in there. And it's about, max is out at about 400. The way they get to those higher thread counts is that they sometimes put multiple plies in the yarn. So the yarn is made up of more than one strand. Sometimes what happens is they put multiple strands of ply in there. So what is normally a 200 thread count sheet and they have multiple threads and a two ply yarn, then they call that 400 thread count. So that's how they get away with increasing the thread count. It doesn't necessarily mean that it's going to be softer or, you know, a better quality or last longer. Um, in some cases, it can mean the reverse. So really what I would recommend when you're out buying sheets is to just stick to the most basic linens you can find. So, you know, 200, 250, 300, 350, you know, max it out at 400. So I would kind of stick to that, the, those boundaries when out looking for sheets. I mean, you 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 can go the higher ones if you want, but you know, for this conversation, we're just going to kind of focus on those. Um, and then I focus on fabrics. I would say what you probably want to focus on is either an Egyptian cotton, and that's going to be a softer cotton, and both or a Pima cotton, also called Supima cotton, um, and those have the long staple lengths, so those are going to um, be the best fabrics to go with. In that, you have the cotton poly blend or the 100% cotton. So the cotton polyester blend, which are the sheets that you purchased from me, Heather, and those are um, a 60-40 cotton poly blend are really great sheets. They're the Supima cotton. Um, they have the 60-40 blend. They are great because they don't wrinkle as much. So I've had a lot of great success just taking them out of the dryer and throwing them on the bed. I mean, nothing's 100%. If you want 100% wrinkle-free, you're going to need to get your iron out or your steamer, right? But I mean, sometimes that's just not realistic and usually isn't realistic for a vacation rental. So to me, it's the closest thing that I have been able to find to the type of sheet that you don't have to spend a lot of time ironing or, or um, steaming. And then from, so, so really with the fabric, I would say, you know, a cotton poly blend, the sheets that I have been selling, what's really nice about those and what I like is that they all almost feel starched. It's just a nice, crisp sheet. It's not super heavy. So I think it's great for, you know, summer sheet, winter sheet. Um, and it always just feels super nice and clean and crisp when you get into it. And that, that to me, I love that. Um, 100% cotton is going to be kind of more of a, um, you know, softer feel to the, to the hand. So if that is your preference, then, you know, some people like the 100% cotton. So that's fabric. And then the fourth thing really is the weave, um, the percal weave versus a satin weave. The percal is kind of more in line with the cotton poly feel, the kind of the more crisp sheet. You can have 100% percal cotton also, but that's going to be a little more of a crisp type sheet, starched feel. 
And then the sateen sheets are going to be more soft. I remember a little while back, um, I, th- I think it was Mike, my son, who, um, who who bought a set of sheets from a trade show, from a home show, and you often get these, you know, the, and, and they, they're sort of lauding them as 600 thread count sheets, and, and they were so thin, and it, it was really weird. It, it didn't even feel like what I'd think of as a sheet. You know, you'd, I imagine sort of climbing between those and, and just being uncomfortable, because I, I like what you said is sort of the crispness of, of a sheet. That's some great information. That polycotton blend that... I bought from you. I washed, I you know, followed your advice, washed them several times. And now it seems like each time they go through the wash, they come out and they, they, they need less attention. I mean, now I, I think the first couple of times I was ironing them, but now they just come as providing I get them out of the dryer and they're still warm. It's straight on the beds and uh, no ironing whatsoever. So it saved a huge amount of time. Yeah, that's exactly, exactly what we're doing. Not only on our vacation rentals, but also at our home here too. <laughs> yeah. What about, what about color, Alana? I mean- you know, I personally am a purist. I love the all white. Um, the reason I struggle with color is because one thing I can't stand on both bed linens and towels is when they fade. That is just one thing that I just feel like it ages a towel beyond the life in which it might be living. I mean, if, you know, a towel is two months old, it might look, you know, two years old. And that's why I try and stay away with color, unless it's a lighter color, like a light beige or something like that. But, you know, the dark reds, the dark, the blacks, things like that. I just, I'm just, that's why I'm not a huge fan of them. Plus, I feel like the white really just feels clean. It looks clean, you know, and, you know, people can tell. Hopefully people aren't using the black towels to uh, wipe their shoes off after a long hike. You know, I, you just don't know, but they certainly aren't doing that with white towels. And if they are, those are probably going in the garbage after their stay. When I started out, I was using the dark colored towels. You know, it was nice. You know, we, we were up here in cottage country and everybody at that time, 10 years ago, was into the sort of cranberry and green. You know, it, it's very, very cottagey. So I had cranberry towels, I had green towels. And do you know, almost every week I would lose a towel to some form of bleaching. So whether it was whether it was somebody in the place finding a, a bleach-based um, cleaner for the bathroom sink, I'm, I'm sure not very few of my guests actually do much cleaning, but they seem to when I was using those dark towels. Uh, did you Have you ever come across that? Because I've heard it a lot from uh, from vacation rental owners that if they use dark towels they often go do a changeover and find that at least one of them is has a bleach mark on it yeah you know that also can happen with a lot of face products they have you know i don't know i I, proactive and things like that they have whatever chemicals in them that when you use dark washcloths they will bleach them that's a bit scary, really, isn't it? <laughs> it? It is. So, you know, it also could be coming from, you know, face products or, you know, if they've bleached something um, in a previous wash where they're doing whites, it's sometimes left over. I always try and, you know, cycle my washer on a very short cycle with just some soap after I use bleach, especially if I'm going to do a dark load afterwards. So that can also come up. That's the problem with the, the dark towels. Yeah, going back onto the sheets, I was looking at your uh, your Pinterest uh, page earlier on on beds, and 
And I'll put a link to um, to all these things we're talking about at the end of the show notes anyway. And and on a Pinterest page, it was just so many beds with white sheets. And it, you, you can do so much with that white, can't you? And just, you know, with the accents and the... And the um, the, the nice coloured cushions on them. It doesn't take much to make a bed look spectacular. You're right. It really doesn't. And the other thing I love about it, um, and this is what I do at my place, is, you know, you get a lot of repeat guests. So I have my white linens. And what I'll do is I'll sometimes switch up the pillows. So, you know, the pillows get old. Do you want to just change the style a little bit? Well, you know, for $25, $30, I go down to the local cutesy shop and I buy just one cute little throw pillow and put it on the bed. And it makes a huge change. And it doesn't cost me a lot of money and kind of switching it up a little bit, you know, because things get old and tired. And I think that's also really important. But the nice thing is that my linens stay consistent and I kind of keep those going. I've learned a lot over the last couple of years because I think I used to use, you know, I, I, I'd buy different you know, patterned or colored sets and then, then you get a stain on one of them and it's just impossible to match. So going to white now means, you know, it, do, it doesn't matter if, if a sheet gets stained, then there is just a replacement and, and nobody's ever going to notice the difference either. Exactly. And well, that's the other great thing about how I've set up the distinguished guests, which I think is, I mean, I think it would, it's great for me. Hopefully other people are finding this as well, but you lose a pillowcase or something happens to a pillowcase, you can just buy two more online from me. Um, You know, and I also from time to time have extra flat sheets and fitted sheets. So you know, by all means, you know, whoever's out there listening and they need one of those replacements, everybody's welcome to call me. And if I can, I can, I will accommodate, you know, just selling one or the other. Yeah. So if somebody was buying a set, buying sheets from you, is there a minimum amount they have to buy? No, I mean, I sell them in sets. So usually that is um, a fitted sheet, a flat sheet and two pillowcases. Uh huh. Do you do duvet covers as well? I do do duvet covers. Um, I do those uh, right now in the collection, the Thomaston collection, which is um, the sheets that you have. I love them. I mean, that crisp feel on a duvet cover, I just think is just, it's great. It's durable. It's sturdy. It's its an awesome duvet cover. Well, that uh, that, what, that sort of leads me on now to what else you you like to offer your guests, which is amenities and... I love the idea of the duck. When you sent me that box and there was, <laughs> I opened it and there was a yellow duck in there. And I thought, what, what is this? And then I realized that, yes, that's really, really neat. That's down at my cottage now. <laughs> Good. So, as you say, everybody has to have the rubber duck. Yeah, you know, I love the rubber ducks. Um, for me, it's just a fun little leave behind for the kids. Um, I have small kids, so I know how important it is for them to have something fun and new to play with. So um, that's always been a big hit for me. Um, and the parents always usually really appreciate it. So that um, is kind of my little signature uh, fun item that I, I always leave behind. So do you leave the amenity kits, um, you know, the things like the shampoo and the, the shower gel for for all your guests? Or is it just something you you just offer if people run out so i leave um at least one amenity kit in the master bathroom um if i know it's just one family 
if I know that it's two families, I have a two bedroom, two bathroom. So if I know it's two families staying, then I will leave one in each bathroom. Um, and then um, if I only leave one in the master because I'm only having one family, I'll leave one small soap in the downstairs bathroom. Yeah. Do you find people use them? Um, you know, they do. They do. It's, it's, a, it's a bit of a mix. We've had good success. I don't always see it firsthand because I'm not um, that close to my property, but um, my property manager has um, given me great feedback and said that people love them. The other thing people really, really also love at my place, which he gives me a lot of feedback on, is the robes. I leave two robes in each closet, and he said in the winter, people are using those all the time. That that's something that I was thinking about this morning, actually, because we were talking about hot tubs in, uh, you know, in our pro- properties. We've we I've always put a hot tub in every property we've had because it's pretty cool here in the winter, and to get from the the door out to the hot tub uh, in one of in one of the places is probably not 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 that far, but maybe four or five meters they've got to walk and. Wrapped up in a towel in, I mean, I'm I'm using centigrade here, so minus 20-odd centigrade, uh, which is common here in the winter. That is a little bit cool if you're just wrapped in a towel. And I was just thinking that this morning, you know, when I was thinking about talking to you, I was thinking, oh, yeah, those white bathrobes would be absolutely fantastic. So you get really good feedback from your property manager. Yeah, I get great feedback that the guests have used them and are really enjoying them. And he's always surprised because I don't think he ever would have thought or, you know, on his own put um, robes in a one of his vacation rentals. So for him, that's a new amenity to have in there. But yeah, he's, you know, giving me great positive feedback on the usage of those. So that's fun. Yeah, because that, that's a sort of, you know, it's a real, th- it's a thing that you'd you'd expect in a high-end hotel. So uh, you know, I, I've, I, out of my the two hundred rentals that I manage, I think we have one that offers that offers that, but it's just not something that people would tend to expect to find in a vacation rental. Exactly, and it's not something you're going to pack and take with you, right? Because they just take up so much space. So I think it's probably an, a welcome surprise when people arrive. Yes. Do you, I, I've, I've seen places that say, you know, if you, if you'd like to take the robe away, then this is how much it costs. Do you, do you do that? Do you offer a offer for them to take them away if they want to pay for them? You know, I haven't, and I haven't, I, you know, I thought, Oh, should I do that with the sheets and the, 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 the robes? But I haven't done that because I, for me, these are my guests and I don't want to also bombard them with, buy this, buy this. So I haven't done that. Um, I thought about it. We'll see. I, I, the one thing I have gotten though, which has been really nice is that I've gotten a lot of really nice reviews on my place in Tahoe on the sheets. You should take a look at that, but that's been a nice welcome surprise. And I always try and take that opportunity to give them a little bit more information on the commercial linens that I use. And I try and use it as a little bit of a marketing spin so I think people do realize that I'm using the product there, but nobody's really ever asked me if I sold it. And I just haven't really thought about a nice kind of easy, polite way without being too intrusive to put up a note or something. You touched on a great point there about reviews and I'm writing a blog post at the moment about, you know, cons- regarding your reviews as a sort of suggestion box, 
but not just your own reviews, but other people's. And I think we really should be trawling through other people's great reviews and seeing what guests really love about them. Because um, th there is so much valuable information in there about what our clients want. Exactly. And I will tell you that one of the first things that I do when I'm going to rent a place is I look at all the reviews, right? I mean, who doesn't? I mean, that's the first thing I want to know about. You get a lot more candid information in the reviews. And I think it's a great opportunity for vacation rental owners to use that as an extension of their marketing and also an extension of the write-ups or pulling stuff out of the write-ups that most people probably don't even read and just doing a quick synopsis of it. You know, people read one or two sentences. They don't read five paragraphs. I have one review. Well, I've got a lot of reviews on my properties, but there's one that's always stood out and it's just one simple sentence. And it just said, I love the bed. It was like sleeping under a cloud. <laughs> That's so nice. And it, and it is. And it just says it all, doesn't it? And that's um, and people, when they're going to a vacation rental or staying anywhere overnight, sleep is so important. So it's got to be comfortable. It's so important. It's so important. And, you know, that's the next project I'm working on is adding some additional access bed accessories to my collection, which are feather beds. Uh, down comforters and really nice pillows. And I hope to have some of those added for the end of the year so that people can really spend time, you know, upgrading their bed. Somebody else asked me, oh, you know, what kind of mattress do you look for when you're, you know, you're furnishing your vacation rental? And, you know, I really, I try and make do with what I have or what I've purchased. And, I always say, well, you know, the bed is the biggest investment you can make. So before going out and buying a new bed, what I would try and do is buy a mattress topper or, you know, a, a feather bed to go on top of it so that you can see if you can kind of get it to the quality that it needs to be without going and spending $1,000 on a new bed, right? So I'd rather spend $100 to see if that works rather than spending $1,000. And, you know, just putting a nice feather bed on there. Oh, one other thing I'm adding to my collection are the most amazing waterproof mattress pads that I've ever found, which is like so funny to be so excited about something like that. It truly is one of the most amazing mattress pads. So I'm going to add one of those also. But what I would do is I take a feather bed, put it on top of the mattress, take a waterproof mattress pad. Everybody should be putting waterproof mattress pads on their vacation rental mattresses. That is probably one of the most important tips and takeaways you can get from today's conversation. Well, tell me about the mattress pads, um, waterproof. Now, um, <clears throat> years ago, we went and stayed at a property in Sedona and, and it was very hot and the bed looked fantastic. And then we got to, and I thought, oh, I can't wait to climb between those nice crisp looking sheets. And then we climbed in and it's just like, oh my God, they've got plastic mattress uh, cover yeah. underneath. Mm -hmm. And of course, immediately took it off because it was hot and uncomfortable. So so the upshot was, was that we slept on a mattress with no mattress cover. Yeah, no, those I don't like. So I've been testing quite a few of them in the last month or so. And the one that I've decided is the best is basically a cotton polyester blend, has a little bit of padding to it. And when you sit on it, I mean, it's just like having a regular padded mattress cover. 
you wouldn't even know that it's waterproof. I mean, there's no noise, nothing. I mean, it's the most amazing waterproof mattress pad I've ever found, quite frankly. It's probably a little bit more on the expensive side, but when you're talking about a $15,000 to $1,500 mattress, you know, spending, you know, a little extra money on a a good mattress pad that's going to last you a long time, in my mind, is a good place to spend a little extra money. Um, So I've been really impressed with that, and I'm excited to get that online as well. Excellent. We're we're coming to the uh, the end of our talk now so i wanted to i want you to tell everybody where they can find you and and we talked about a giveaway which we're going to do as a draw um for anyone who comments on the on the post so i'll talk about that in a second but uh, first of all tell us where any listeners can find the distinguished guest yeah you can find us online at the distinguishedguest.com we also have a really uh fun Pinterest page, which Heather touched on a little bit. You can follow us on Twitter. And we also have a Facebook page. I will have all those as as links at the end of the show notes. Now, what Alana and I have discussed is that she's going to offer a set of sheets. And correct me if I'm wrong, Alana, but it's, it's either going to be the 100% cotton, 300 thread count, 100% cotton or the poly cotton blend. What we'll do is for anybody that comments on the blog uh, between the publication of this episode on the 2nd of July and the 15th of July, we will do a draw after that and the winner will get a set of sheets. Am I okay with that? That sounds great. That sounds great. I also just wanted to mention one more item. Um, We have a newsletter that goes out every month, um, just kind of on the goings-on at The Distinguished Guest and kind of shows all of our different blog posts that we've posted for the month, etc. And um, there is the space to sign up on our homepage if you are interested in getting this on a monthly basis. Okay, and I'll be putting the uh, link to that as as well. So there will be a a lot of links here for you to take a look at. Go and look at the distinguished guests. Check out the products that Alana has on offer there. And uh, and as I said before, I can vouch for them because um, my guests are will be sleeping between those sheets tonight, and they seem to be having a lovely time. <laughs> Alana, it's been an absolute pleasure. Is there anything else you want to uh, you want to mention at all? I don't think so, Heather. Thanks again so much for having me. I'm glad you're enjoying the sheets, and um, I just look forward to um, hearing all the comments and finding a, a winner for a great set of sheets. Okay, well, wonderful. Thank you so much for your time today, Alana. Thank you. Bye bye. Well, that was a great talk with Alana. I've learned a lot about thread count. I, you know, I come across these, these sheets with these 600 thread count and, and they're, they're, re- they're, you know, they're on offer in Bed Bath & Beyond or Home Outfitters or, or one of the, the big box stores. And you think, oh my goodness, how, how can they sell that so cheaply? Um, for what I had perceived to be a sort of much higher value product. 
So, so now I understand a little bit more about how they can get more thread count out of less, if you like. So as I said, I'm really happy with the sheets I've got. I'm probably going to get some more. I know I've got a couple of my owners who have already bought their sheets from Alana. So, you know, I, I really um, endorse her products. And it's, it's so nice to be able to talk to so many experts on this podcast and have tried out, um, have tried out what they do, have tried out their products, have tried out their websites, etc. So um, th this one I fully endorse. I guess that's it for another um, another session. Oh, got a lot of great interviews coming up as ever. And uh, as ever, if you like this, if you enjoyed this episode, I'd love you to go to iTunes. Just uh, scroll down the show notes and you'll see a box at the bottom. Just click on there. It will take you to the iTunes page and you can write me a review if you liked the show. And that's uh, that's always great and well received. And of course, as we've said, you know, please write us a comment in the show notes. And what I'd like you to do is just tell us what your beds are like. You know, what sheets do you use? Do you use white? Do you use coloured sheets? What's your philosophy on beds and bedding? Let us know and we'll put your name in a drawer and one lucky winner is going to receive a set of these fantastic sheets from the distinguished guest. So thank you once again for listening. It's been an absolute pleasure being with you again this week and I'll be with you again soon. This episode of Vacation Rental Success is over, but don't worry, Heather will be back soon. Want more great resources? Visit cottageblogger.com for tips, tricks, downloads, and strategies to help you achieve profit from your vacation rental business. Oh,